it's another week, which means there's another Tuesday podcast episode. And this one is for the reality television lovers. I interviewed Benita Aspen, also known from Bravo's reality television series, Southern Charm. We talked about my three favorite things in this world, food, beauty, and fashion. She gave me her best makeup tips and tricks, fall fashion advice, and we got into what it's like to have your life filmed on national television. Please join me in giving a warm welcome to Benita Aspen. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. How have you been since we last chatted? We chatted back in May, I believe. Yeah, we chatted, which is so crazy to think that we chatted back in May, but I've been good. I've definitely been cooking a whole lot more. Um, I think this is the first week, actually, where I have not been cooking. So it's been kind of throwing me off a little bit, to be honest. Oh, really? Have you had a lot of dinner parties? Because that's what our story was all about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've been going to a lot of dinner parties, but I haven't been planning any of them. So I haven't been cooking anything. (laughs) But you know, it's nice. It's a nice little excuse. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. I was I'm attending all of the dinner parties, but I literally just got off of like a four day press kind of trip. So I've been eating out every single day. (laughs) oh it must be so nice to come back home and like get back into like your normal food routine after like traveling and eating out so long that's so long it's it's so long yeah it was um basically we're eating out every single day because I am a food writer so it makes sense that I'm eating a lot but I came home yesterday and I finally got to cook and I was just like a weight was off my shoulders oh my god yeah that's always the best feeling (laughs) It's a good problem to have, though, so I'm not complaining. So let's get into your food background a little bit, because you you do a lot. You do beauty, fashion, food, but you went to culinary school originally. Did you know that you were always interested in food? What did that look like for you? I knew I was actually always interested in fashion, but at the time, I wanted to create, like, a Bergdorf's but for Charleston, where it was like, you know, I was going to be able to curate all these fun local Charleston designers and then have a restaurant attached to the shop. And once I kind of got into the world of culinary arts, I realized that it was going to take a lot more than me just knowing how to cook to be able to do something like this. So Mm -hmm. I kind of, um, I, I didn't let the idea fizzle. I kept cooking, but I just was like, you know, I was cooking the kitchen until I can't. What was culinary school like for you? Did you find it difficult? Was it easy? Culinary school for me was fairly easy. I will say that some of my worst classes were cutting techniques and I was a horrible baker. And (laughs) I feel like those are cutting techniques. I feel like is one of those things where it kind of separates you from the rest. Mm -hmm. But I just kind of had to keep telling myself that it's fine that I don't know how to cut as long as the flavor is there and I can make it look good even if my mm-hmm. techniques aren't perfect I can still make a good dish mm-hmm. but cutting and baking I almost failed <laughs> <laughs> I understand that so when you say cutting techniques does that just mean chopping different I mean styles? I I think because I was such a and I am still such like a girly girl in the sense of like constantly getting my nails done, love to play with blanks, love to play with color. Like it was difficult for me to be able to like grip things in order to cut. So like that was also Uh, a disadvantage. So and I was not giving up my nails. So (laughs) 
I um, that made it a little more difficult for me when it came to cutting. But now I feel like I've definitely gotten a whole lot better. But it's still something that I feel like I'm not as good as I could be when it comes to my cutting techniques. Yeah, I think that's something that just comes with practice. But honestly, I'm not gonna like it either. I just I cut and it'll all taste the same, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. And that's what I had to keep telling myself. I was like, it's fine because at the end of the day, when people are really looking for a good dish, they care about the presentation. So if you can fake that, and then as long as the food tastes great, it'll be fine. No one cares about your cutting techniques. Exactly. I always say this too, when it comes to baking, it's just so much more precise and you need the patience for it versus yeah. cooking where it all just, it'll taste good yeah. when you throw it all together, you know? <laughs> and like when you're doing like savory dishes or dishes that don't require baking, you kind of like fake it a little bit. You know, if you add too much salt, you can cut it with sugar. If you add too much sugar, you can cut it with salt. You can't do that when you bake. You have to start the entire thing over. And that was, did not enjoy, <laughs> did not enjoy that at all. <laughs> Absolutely. So when you were going through culinary school, do you find that there's a stigma about culinary school that you maybe think is untrue or a myth about it that you could bust? Oh, that's actually a really good question. I feel like if I were in school now, the myth that could be busted is having a mean chef as your mm. teacher and someone that was like screaming and yelling at you. Back when I was in school, that was actually very true, mm -hmm. where it was just kind of like a very hardcore cutthroat industry. But no, I think, unfortunately, there aren't any things that I can kind of bust in the culinary world, unless you have one that I've not thought about or heard of. I think Mean Chef is a good one. Though. Yeah, Mean Chef is a good one. And I feel like it's still pretty dependent on location. I will say that in Charleston, my first kind of go at it, I actually ended up being a lead pastry chef at a restaurant out of school, which is crazy because I absolutely hated pastry, but it was the only way I could get into cooking. <laughs> so I just had to like practice, practice, practice at home. I asked to bring the recipes, but that chef was actually just, I mean, she was awful. I was like, I could not, I still, I still get choked up thinking about it and talking about it. I just could not imagine someone actually being mean in the kitchen and like not approachable, but I had one for sure. <laughs> Yeah, because that's not a constructive way for teaching either if you're just yeah. constantly berating them. Was yeah. she normally kind of yelling at you or was she kind of just not aiding the way to do things? She wasn't really, she aided, I shouldn't say she didn't. She did help, but she always had this constant attitude and she constantly had this cloud of anger. And I don't know if that was because um, she was a chef who had previously won like top chef season like 11 or something like that. And then she came to Charleston okay. to cook. So I don't know if it was because, you know, she was the only, like she was like the, she was in charge, you know, and you don't see a lot of females mm -hmm. in charge in the kitchen. So I don't know if it was because of that or if that's just how she was taught. So now that's how she's teaching others, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Once you are a woman in the kitchen, you have to. <laughs> make sure you keep it because it's not very existent. No, and that's actually the reason why I ended up leaving the culinary world is because like I mentioned earlier, you know, I'm pretty girly. I love nails. I love makeup. I had no absolute issue going into work every day with a full face of makeup on, freshly painted mm -hmm. nails, lipstick, and like the amount of times I would like just get made fun of by my peers because I worked with a lot of men. 
and they would question why are you coming to work so dolled up and like no one's gonna see you and blah 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 and it's like you know it made me feel good so like I kept doing it but yeah being a woman in the kitchen is hard I feel like it's maybe a little easier now I can't really speak to it as much I would hope it would be easier but it's definitely um a learning curve and like the majority they either leave and do their own thing or they just leave as a whole well this is the typical stereotypical kind of thing but we wear makeup to make us feel good it's not really for the outside observer i love to like get up and like put on my little makeup some good perfume you know like have freshly done nails you know because it makes me feel good it makes me feel like okay like i'm you know i have some things together i'm in order blah 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 blah. and yeah it was wild but that's when i knew i needed to leave because there was a part of me that like got so much joy from the industry like the beauty industry and fashion that I still mm-hmm. had like a heart for but I was trying to learn as much as I could from the culinary perspective so I could still potentially maybe have this grand idea that I had of having the locally owned shop and restaurant combination but I right. I couldn't make it so I ended up leaving okay yeah. gotcha and before culinary school what did cooking look like for you growing up so my dad actually did a lot of the cooking which was kind of fun my mom kind of okay. made the same things you know like weekly spaghetti or cabbage and rice or whatever but my dad would kind of like have fun with it so i used to i really grew up watching my mom bake which is again i now i'm great at baking at the time awful hated it but i used to watch her do all the baking and i used to do my dad watch my dad do all like the savory cooking and like dinners and lunches and things but I was fairly involved. Like they let me help. I would always ask the help. They'd be like, okay, I would be the one in charge of like figuring out the spices or like, you know, yeah. cooking things on the side, cleaning the kitchen. So I was pretty involved before culinary school, which was fun. Yeah. And you're still fairly close with your mom, right? Yes. I yes. Yeah. On the episode. Yeah. Yeah. My mom and I are thick as thieves. Mm-hmm. Does she still bake for you a little? Yes. And she still makes, if I make a request at the beginning of the week, that has to be at the beginning of the week, not midweek. She will have it ready for me by the end of the week. So anything I ask for, she will still make. I just have to put my request in on time. (laughs) Yeah, it's a deadline. She's got to prepare. She's like, listen, I have things going on. I don't have time to cook for you. Don't you know how to cook? Then you go to school for this. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I still want what you're making. (laughs) No, I do the same thing. What is her staple? What does she cook for you normally? (sighs) So my- Or is it kind of all over the place? All over the place. My favorite thing- from her and this is gonna sound so weird to say because the name is like weird but like the baby shower meatballs like you know what I'm talking about <laughs> like those are the meatballs that you always see when you're at like a baby shower or like a little wedding shower function they're so good she makes turkey wings with white rice for me and gravy oh <sighs> lima beans and rice um she makes a really good cabbage mm-hmm. like like everything's just good and if it's something new for her She'll like try it a couple of times and then she'll like let me taste it. She also makes a really good jerk chicken wing. Ugh. Oh, so good. Like you literally pick them up and everything <laughs> just falls off the bone. And I'm like, I don't know how you do it. It's so good. It's so tender, so flavorful. She does a really good job. Wait, I want to go back to those baby shower meatballs. I've never heard anyone call that before. <laughs> like you know, you know when you go to the events and like every all the food spread out lined up on the table. And like you see the yeah. crock pot and it's the crock pot of goodness. The crock pot is like 
I don't know, like seven, eight inches deep. And it's just piled high with these meatballs that have like this hickory, smoky, sweet, mixed with pineapple flavor. You get your little toothpick and you get your meatballs out and you just enjoy life. I need you to try baby shower meatballs. I feel like the name baby shower meatballs is kind of trending right now on TikTok. But it's the meatballs oh, everyone knows that are just like, that's why you go to the function. You go to the function for the meatballs. Like, yes, we love our people, but like the meatballs <laughs> is why I'm really here. Like, <laughs> Okay, I'm adding that to my list. I have not heard that before. I know what you're talking about because I do always see them, yes. but I don't think I categorize them in my mind like that. Because yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's the only time you ever see them and it's nothing fancy. You literally can go to any freezer section in the grocery store, get the frozen meatballs, get you a nice smoky mm-hmm. barbecue sauce, like a can. My, what does my mom do? I think my mom does like a can of diced pineapples, a little bit of, I think she does a little bit of brown sugar and that's really it. And you just kind of okay. let that sit for like, I don't know, like two and a half to three hours in the crock pot and let it slow cook. <sighs> Phenomenal. Oof. So what is your go-to meal right now? What are you, you said you weren't cooking, but now you kind of started again. So my go-to meal, I was, I'm trying to categorize it. My go-to meal for breakfast is always something that involves avocado, egg, any vegetable I can kind of get my hand on. Um, I usually do like a vegetable hash, so it includes all of those things. Okay. And then for lunch, oh man. You know, I made a really good BLT yesterday with sun-dried tomatoes. Oof. Oh. It was... It was so good. It was so good. So that's, I feel like a BLT is kind of like summer perfection. So good for the summer. Yeah. And I feel like a BLT is kind of like my fixation food. Like, do you have a fixation food where it's like, no matter the week, you are always making the same thing over and over again? Yes. I was doing that. And then I get myself sick of it because then I eat it too much. Mm -hmm. And then I just revert back to eating Cheerios. Mm -hmm. And then it's like a cycle. Yeah. 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 So I, I feel like a BLT is like my new fixation fixation food and then i would make this salad it's just like carrots cucumbers tomatoes red onions grated parmesan cheese yeah and i think i said did i say tomatoes i might not have uh, no but add tomatoes and just because okay. i missed it but serving it with the olive garden salad dressing <laughs> oh changer. that is like i don't care how fancy of a <laughs> restaurant i go to like I just wish they all had Olive Garden salad dressing. That's the best salad dressing on the market. Like, you—that's a bold statement. I know. <laughs> I have not been able to find a perfectly bottled Caesar dressing yet that I like love. I love a good anchovy-based, like lots of anchovy-based okay. Caesar dressing. So I always go back to that Olive Garden salad dressing. It's. Oh, I'm gonna add that one too because I Caesar salad is the one salad that i can always eat no matter what Mm -hmm. and i know everyone all the girls do like a side of fries with it or something like that and then a coke no i do extra side of anchovies (laughs) just bring on the anchovies (laughs) yeah just bring on the anchovies i like i feel like it's become this like pet peeve of mine recently where it's like i order a caesar salad and i'm like where are the anchovies like this is not a caesar guys yeah, they all do it differently, but the anchovies add the flavor to it. And it took me a while to even figure out that anchovies were in it. And when I did, it freaked me out a little bit, I but I quickly got over that. <laughs> yeah, because the flavoring is just so good. It's like, okay, I can avoid it. Like, even if it's in the dressing and I don't have it on, 
as a garnish, I'm fine with that, but the anchovies make a Caesar. And I want to get more into the beauty and fashion side of what you do, because personally, I'm interested in beauty and fashion, and I love all those things. I'm very girly. So okay. I saw you posted a makeup routine yesterday, and I wanted to know if there's an underrated makeup product that you think people should use. What's What's your tip? I wouldn't necessarily say a product. I would say an underrated okay. brand, which is a brand called Minted Cosmetics. Minted Cosmetics, I think I met the founders back in 2017, I think, mm -hmm. right before they even got started. And like their mission to, you know, obviously create makeup that everyone could use, but kind of just like leaning more so on mm -hmm. women of color was good. And like they have some of the best pigmentations I've seen. They have some of the best liners. Um, they're priced the best where it's like they're kind of in between that drugstore Sephora price point. So mm -hmm. it's not really breaking the bank, but they have a bronzer in the shade okay. out of office. Okay. Good. It's so good. Do you feel like Rihanna's brand Fenty is kind of inclusive? Because I know they have a big range as well. I do feel like they're inclusive. I personally can't wear it because one, I have, so what makes it hard for me in the beauty industry is I have some floral oh. extract allergies. So like, I always have to look at the back of the packaging. With her, I think the foundation shade that I'm in, my undertones are too okay. red. So like, I can't, I don't like a very red undertone. I'm more of like a middle cool undertone. So it just is too red for me, but she has this, I can like see it. It comes in a tube, you open the top, but you press the product out and it's just like a, I guess it's just like a lotion bronzer, I guess. And it has like, it's one, it smells delicious mm -hmm. Two, the pigment is phenomenal. And then it just has this like very beautiful, like sheen and like glitter to okay. it that just makes you glow. And it is like, I wear it every single time I go out in the summer. Like if I go out to a dinner party or if I'm going out to the beach, just kind of like add it like in my collarbones and my arms. Pretty. Yeah. I was using a primer that was, had some of that shine in it, but I found that when I put it under foundation, it made it a little bit cakey. So maybe I'll try like a bronzer or something like that to kind of use. There's a product called Lumi. I think it's like a, it's a L'Oreal product. It's Lumination or it's like L-U-M-I okay. something. That's what a lot of the girls are putting underneath for that like glow mm -hmm. from within mm -hmm. throughout their foundation. Since it's meant for face, the Rihanna one that I use um, or the Fenty one that I use is meant for body more so than it's meant for face. So I would use the one for oh, L'Oreal for okay, your face. Cool. I'm going to have to buy that later. But every time I go to Sephora, it's really just a dangerous game. <laughs> I really have to like clean my makeup area probably like once a month just to make sure I'm not going to support it by an eyeliner and yep. I already have seven and I'm just not using it. It's the impulse you know? purchases at the end. When I go to the end, I just buy too many things and then it's like, oh, over a hundred dollars. Yes. The minis are, I mean, we travel a lot. So the mini section is great. We're like, oh, our new favorite full body or full size product comes in a mini. Like, let's buy it. But like, yes, that's definitely where they kind of get you. Yeah, because the translucent powder I just bought, it's Laura Mercier, but it's my favorite one. But it was, I, I might get the price wrong, but I think it was over $20 just for this like mini. The mini one, yeah, because the large one is 48 And I only know that to the T because I had to buy it yesterday. The large one's 48 The mini one's 22 yeah, or something crazy. like that i think yeah 
Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's wild. my saving grace right now when I'm traveling. Just a little powder. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite. I actually put that powder on. Like, I do this. Um, So my foundation routine, I got it from Jackie Anna way back in the day when she posted this on YouTube where she would spray her face first with a okay. primer's priming spray. And then you put on any cream-based primer second. Then you set that with a loose, light, filtered powder like the Laura Mercier. Then you put your foundation on. I know it sounds like a lot, but it's all very, very thin layers. And if you have oily skin, it really just does a good job of like trapping those oils in so they don't they don't like push out during the day. I barely have to touch them. Genius. I'm taking that in. I know. (laughs) I'm going to do that. I'm going to the Taylor Swift concert tonight and I have to do my makeup. And I'm very excited. I went to the Taylor Swift concert at uh, MetLife. So good. Okay. Insane. What were your surprise songs? That's the real question. Okay. So like I was not a Swifty. I was a Taylor Swift fan prior. I like, well, I was a Taylor Swift fan. I wasn't a Swifty and I was so excited to go because I was like, okay, this is the moment where I'm going to like become a Swifty. And like, I definitely did. I listen to Taylor Swift all the time now. Yeah. <laughs> like, and now I can like fall out. Like when my, and I'm into my workout classes and stuff. I'm like, oh, this is a Taylor Swift song. And like, I get so excited. But I realized like, how many hit singles she's had in her career. Like every other three songs in my workout is a Taylor Swift song. And I'm like, Oh, like this is like she was not mm-hmm. here to play any games. Well, people are always saying that she's not a strong vocalist, but her lyrics are really well crafted. Yes, her lyrics They're are very so powerful. powerful. Yeah, and it's artistry, and I'm just so excited. But a lot of the high songs, I've been listening to her since I was young. I wouldn't say I'm like a hardcore Swifty, like cult like, you know. <laughs> but yeah. I definitely enjoy her music, but. I know all of the surprise songs. She's played my favorite ones already. So I'm curious to see. Oh no. Yeah, it was great. And like, I'll say that when you go, if you don't already have one, a portable fan for your makeup is key. That's yeah. Yeah. Even if you can get one, like like one of those old school fans that just like, you know, they come out and you can just like do this. You need to have a fan. You need to make sure you have a light for your selfies and your videos. I do have one of those. I do. Okay, we got the light. That's important. I would say make sure you have lipstick. I wasn't really with that trick that I told you. I didn't really have to touch up my face at all. I just had to keep touching up my lipstick because I kept not drinking out of a straw. So like my lipstick mm-hmm. kept getting messed up. Yeah, you should. Um, you should. Oh, you're gonna have so much fun. Oh, I'm so excited. I'll let, I'll let you know how it is. I'm like, I'm actually bringing my mom. How are you gonna do your? Makeup? Okay, so I'm doing lover era kind of vibe. So. I don't normally go for pink, but I have a pink dress that's kind of tie-dye-ish, a little bit of white in it. And then Mm -hmm. I have, it's very coastal cowgirl. So I have Tacova boots that I'm going to wear with it. And then I was thinking of doing like a little pink eyeshadow moment. I have a lip stain that's pretty pink and pretty and then some glitter situation. It's going to be a vibe and game time decision, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be good. Your outfit's going to be good. Don't stress about it. Like, you're going to, it's going to be good. You're going to have so much fun. I'm Thank so excited. You. For I'm you. excited too. Mm-hmm. 
as we get into fall too, do you have any fashion advice as we head to the new season? What do you normally pick in the fall? What's your go-to? I would say to utilize your summer essentials in mm-hmm. the fall. You know, if your summer essentials are typically like cream, white, or black mm-hmm. tees with a straight leg jean, wear that same outfit, throw on a blazer, throw on a cardigan. And, you know, I'm trying to move in the season of repurposing and buying less. Yes. It's going to be very hard for me because I've never done that before. <laughs> I, I think the easiest way or the best thing to do for the fall is just kind of taking all the things that you did in the summer and add fall like elements to them. So if you were wearing like, not like a cutoff short, but like a fun knee length short that you kind of like rolled up, put a like loose light sweater mm-hmm. on top you can wear sneakers maybe pair it with like sneakers and like some scrunchy socks you know to kind of just make it feel a little more mm-hmm. cozy yeah i'm gonna lean on trying to repurpose as much as you can from summer for fall until you okay. can't no that's really <laughs> smart because i am yeah. just one of those people yeah this is very bad for the environment too but just I just keep buying and buying and buying and I'm like I could layer I could do new things with it and I'm really trying to push yeah. my fashion a little bit because I normally kind of opt for the same type of clothes so I'm trying to do things that don't necessarily match as well as I think it do but it looks fashionable it looks good because I see people do it all the time I'm just like I'm pushing the envelope a little and then you know, another thing you can do in fall which is great is all the sweaters and blazers and cardigans that we love you know, they've been around before. Go to the thrift store. You know, you can walk in a thrift store with like 30 bucks. At least in Charleston, you can. You can walk into a thrift store with like $30 and you can walk out with like six to seven mm-hmm. sweaters. So, you know, do that. Be creative with the clothes. Play around with sizing. Like, don't have, don't think that you have to have everything that's like form fitting. I feel like loose is having a moment yeah. again where like straight leg jeans are in. Having things that are more open in the sense of like shape is in as versus having it like so form fitting. So like go to a thrift store and like play with the options there too. That could be fun. And it's eco-friendly. You're recycling something, you know, you'll feel good about it. You're not breaking the bank. I am definitely learning that I'm more of a comfort and look good person than I am form fitting and uncomfortable because I used to do that often. And now I just try to mix the two. So I'm comfortable as well, but so I'm not doing as much form fitting unless I'm going like out, out or something, but <laughs> yeah, unless you're going out, you know, <laughs> that's a whole different kind of moment. What's your favorite yeah. accessory at the moment? Accessories are my thing. I love a good earring. You're wearing very cute earrings right now. Thank you. I think my favorite accessory right now would have to be this vintage Gucci watch that kind of had a moment on TikTok um, at the beginning of the spring, summer. It was like that where you can change the faces, the color of the faces. Um, I found it on eBay well under $300 and it's been my favorite accessory so far. Like Now, do you actually use it to tell the time? Well, no, because I never got the battery replaced and I'm working <laughs> on that. <laughs> but I will use it to tell the time once I get the battery replaced. Amazing. And I would also say my other favorite piece of jewelry or accessory right now is I wear a lab-grown tennis oh, bracelet thing the lab grown right now yeah and i think this is the best price i've seen i want to say it's about two i don't know like 218 220 for a whole bracelet that's not bad 
Yeah. And like, you know, it's a decent mm-hmm. size carrot. And like, I have gone to many a jeweler and they can't tell the difference initially mm-hmm. until they really start to like deep dive and they bring that little like eye monocle, whatever yeah. thing they use out to like actually look at the diamond and stuff. That's the only time they can tell if it's like a lab grown diamond. So I say this is a good investment piece. It's um, very easy in the beauty and fashion space to feel like you kind of have to keep with the Joneses and that's fine, but you got to find a way to do that in your budget. And you know, who's spending $10,000 on a tennis? No, you said it so perfectly (laughs) because I go to all these media events and I go to these things. I'm like, where are people buying all these clothes? Like, it's just not in my budget to spend thousands of dollars on clothes. Hence why I'm trying no. to layer and kind of change up my style with the same pieces that I already have. But I'm also a shopaholic. So it really contradicts itself. <laughs> yeah. And the best way to do that too, I think is renting. I feel like at one point there was kind of like a little stigma on renting items and it was weird, but now I feel like everyone does it. I mean, I rent everything from handbags to dresses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Renting is good. You get to figure out if you would actually buy the item or not to see how often you would wear it. Do you actually like this $3,000 handbag or do you just like the idea of having the name? You get to kind of figure that all out without spending too much money, breaking the bank, you know, impulse buying. So you, and you get to choose, you get to choose and you have options and you know, you're not limited with renting. You can kind of, sky's the limit when it comes to renting products. So I think renting is another, that can also be another good tip for fall, renting. I always forget that that's an option. I really need to do that. There's so many now. There's so many. Yeah. Yeah. There's like five different handbag companies you can rent. Obviously you have Rent the Runway, you have Newly, you have Stitch Fix. I mean, there's so many options now. Even Amazon, I think, does try before you buy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Amazon has the same exact kind of deal, but I know uh, actually my friend's parents told me about it, which is kind of funny, but. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I mean, there's so many options now. So I want to switch gears to Southern Charm. I won't get into the nitty gritty of the show and the drama, but I'm kind of curious how you feel being on reality television, especially when you came from going to culinary school to being on Bravo. Did you think that would happen? (laughs) You know, I won't ever say I didn't think it could happen. I just didn't know when it was going to happen. I always like, I've always aspired to be, a personality in the sense of being someone that was like well known. So I had the goal. I just definitely did not think it was going to come through a national television show. <laughs> and it's definitely it's fun. It's it's nerve wracking at times. It's exciting. It's scary. It's like you just don't know. You always have to have your eyes peeled. You know. Right. What is one thing you wish people knew about you that maybe isn't shown on camera necessarily? Hmm, that's a great question. I wish people could see how No, I guess I wish I I wish people could understand. Dang, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to give you an answer and then I figure out how to word it. I want to word it under the preface of like I wish people could have a better understanding as to why I as am forgiving as I am. 
you can't really see that across a, a television show. You kind of just in in that way, you almost end up looking like you're allowing people to walk all over you. But in the grand scheme of things, it's like I'm more so willing to understand that whatever issue that a person may have with me, it's they have the issue with me. There's an issue within themselves. And then there's a third option here. You know what I mean? Which is usually the truth. So it's like trying to give people grace. Um, I wish that's something that could come across better um, on television, but that's a hard one. Yeah. Do you normally feel like you get negative comments because they don't necessarily see that in you or is that something you really have to deal with at all the negativity yeah it, it's um it was definitely a big negative side of last season for me because I kind of was like uh, what's the what is it called when you're like rooting for the I was the underdog there we go I was definitely the underdog last season and you know I was left out of a lot of things I wasn't invited to a lot of things uh, and it was made very apparent that I was to feel not invited mm-hmm. and it led to a lot of people making accusations of me not having a backbone and not standing up for myself and like not being able to speak up for myself but I think a lot of people fail to realize that if they had six to seven cameras in their face all day every day for what three months at a time that you would start to second guess and take your time in your responses versus right. just exploding. Cause now you have to think about the fact that millions of people are now watching the actions and the majority are in a sense blessed that the rest of the world cannot see their day-to-day actions because they would be under the same amount of scrutiny, you know? Right. And honestly, feeling uninvited is a mutual and kind of, thing that we all deal with especially as women I feel like just that feeling is something everyone's familiar with and they should be able to empathize with that I feel like right you know like being left out of the group chat message or like you see the girls at dinner and you're like oh why wasn't I invited you know it's like it's mm-hmm. a very common thing and you know I, I give it I'll t- give it time I'm lucky to be back for which is now going to be my third season so hopefully as my as I grow and continue to develop, that'll start to come across on the screen more as time goes on. Do you feel like the editors, and this is just my curiosity too, with how reality show works, but do you feel like there's behind the scene things that maybe didn't make the cut that you wish they did or because they normally cut, you know, what you're saying into one episode, so. Right. Charles, go away. Sorry, my dog's like sitting underneath me, like. Ah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, hold on. Okay. <laughs> and he's so cute. He's so cute. <laughs> Hi. I feel like you know, there's always there's always going to be something that gets missed or like you don't get to see, and mm-hmm. it's hard because you know the editors have to work and they have to make one episode in what 60 yeah. minutes. So they have to kind of, they get to pick and choose like what's going to be seen and what's not. So again, you kind of just have to remember that, you know, you're always going to be scrutinized and like someone's going to have something negative to say, no matter what you do. So you kind of just have to pick your battles there. I think. I mean, I have one camera on me right now, but if you added another six to that, I think I'd be a little stressed out. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you have a mic on you all the time and like, mm-hmm. 
there's cameras every time you cut the corner, there's a camera following you, or there's a GoPro somewhere, or like there's a camera in the corner that you forget about. So, you know, it's just, it's a lot. But I think that the majority, I think, realizes that all these things are around, which impacts how we're shown and what light we're shown in. But there's still a good chunk of people who don't get it. And that's where the negativity kind of comes into play. Right, right. Well, you have to take a step back and say, I'm on camera too. But you're also, I'm sure, a rational person in general. Like you're not going to react to something out of character, but you also want to make sure you think through what you're doing as well. But also just in real life, you're not just going to blow up on someone, you know, you have to everyone thinks things through or at least you should (laughs) right you should but you know i don't know if everyone does but you definitely should think all these things through before reacting Mm and you know again people everything think everything is happening so quickly and so fast but it's like you know all these things take time and again that's something that i think that the majority might forget yeah right so when is season nine coming out is that normally in the fall are you able to talk about that the trailer dropped yesterday so i'm assuming i'm allowed to say it but yeah so we air september 14th okay which is right around the corner which is super exciting the trailer dropped yesterday and the trailer is just buckle up for the season i'm just weird i keep telling everybody put on two seatbelts not one (laughs) (laughs) hey that's the best kind of reality tv show (laughs) yeah right (laughs) is there anything you're like looking forward to i am looking forward to all of the like fun developments that'll happen throughout the season i think Mm -hmm. i think the season's going to be one of our best seasons yet Mm -hmm. and um i'm super happy to be a part of it obviously but i think it's just going to be a really good season and like the audience is also going to um also enjoy it so what's next for you in addition to the next season? Do you have any upcoming project you would like to share? Anything else going on that's exciting? I feel like a lot of the things I'm working on, I'm trying to keep them under wraps <laughs> right now. But I am working on one project that I've been working on for maybe five years. And it's I don't think people are going to expect it out of me. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's not going to be something that you would expect me to do. And I think that's going to be the fun part. So keeping my fingers crossed and that we have a, a brand by next year and it's locked and loaded and ready to go. But oh. yeah, that's I'm excited about this one. I'm super excited. That's exciting. I'll look out for it. So I have a little fun game for you if you're into it. It's like an opinion lightning round of trends right now so because you're into beauty fashion and food i'm kind of gonna do all of those intertwined okay um but it's a smash or pass kind of deal for or against whatever your vibe is (laughs) okay cool so the first one is the charlotte tilbury flawless filter smash or pass pass i have the same feeling as well yeah mm-hmm. i love charlotte Tilbury, but like i'll pass on that product <laughs> yeah it got too much hype i didn't yeah 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 and like when things get too much hype i'm like oh, okay like is it actually good or like the only thing i've ever fallen to the hype about is the dior lip oil which i have on right now oh. holy grail i don't think i'll ever be able to wear another lip gloss ever again in my life okay that's good to know because i have not heard yeah. that yet it's pricey, but it's worth it. And occasionally you can catch it on sale at like Nordstrom mm-hmm. or like a Neiman's, but it's good. Okay. All right. I'm taking your word for it. All right. <laughs> Number two, finger foods as desserts. 
Absolutely. I mean, um, smash. <laughs> Absolutely smash all the things. <laughs> yeah, all the things. Love finger foods for dessert. <laughs> Me too. What are your faves? I love a stuffed strawberry and like, you know, like basic things. I also love cookies and brownies, mm-hmm. mini cheesecakes. Oh, I, yeah. I love a good mini cheesecake for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Third one, corsets. That was a big thing for a while. Still kind of is. Pass. pass. Yeah. Why, why pass? Well, I'm, I'm, naturally small so corsets can sometimes hurt <laughs> that's a fair point <laughs> yeah and i don't know it's just it's just not my thing but yeah nah, pass all right number four i actually mentioned this previously with my taylor swift outfit <laughs> coastal cowgirl look so like dresses with a good cowboy poop smash i live in the south you know it's almost yeah. like our uniform <laughs> I, I figured that was a given for you but i had to ask yeah. Yeah. and number five so farm to table method a lot of fresh locally grown ingredients being used in meals uh smash i feel like living in charleston we actually have one of the longest growing periods it's 52 weeks wow so like Right. So that means that we have an abundance almost all year of like just fresh produce, even the flowers. Like I just got my flower delivery today from a girl. um, I think it's called out of the out of the weeds. And she grows and cuts and does everything on her flower farm. That's so cute. So a lot of yeah, a lot of what I do, that was a really big goal of mine, actually, when I got back from New York in May, was to make sure that the majority of what I bought was local. So definitely a very strong advocate for that. And we have so many farms, just in Charleston, but in South Carolina as a whole, we have a lot. But in Charleston, we have so many farms. And, you know, it's like a 25, 30-minute drive, but that's not that bad considering you're going to a farm, you're supporting a local farmer, right. you're getting the price better at the grocery store. And like, it's something that you can like fully believe in. You're not afraid of eating or, or cooking. Right. And plus it tastes better. I mean, it's a simple. Yeah, drink. it definitely tastes better. Like the flavor difference is absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Being on the, being switching from the East coast to the West coast. Now I'm eating a lot more seafoods. I'm also been into tacos a lot lately, but they use a lot of yeah. <laughs> fresh ingredients for that as well. And when I was in Napa, they were using literally like the freshest tomatoes, the freshest fruit. And we were all looking at each other like this is otherworldly. <laughs> this fruit is so yeah, like it's insane. It's insane. And like there we have something called South Carolina agriculture or whatever and I'm working with them on like a, a local basis to try to bring more awareness. I think people have the impression that going to a farmer might actually be more expensive, but you it's usually not. It's usually either price the same or price lower than the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get bigger quantities when you go to a farmer versus going to the grocery store. And, you know, you just get to talk to people who grew your food. It's just such a nice connection to have when you shop local. Yeah, I think the stigma probably comes from the fact that because like handmade items, whether it's in fashion or whatever it is, is normally more expensive or things that they find organic is more expensive. So they automatically assume that like farmers are kind of the same way. Yeah. But that's good to know that they're not. 
No. I mean, I feel like I can take... So the farmer's market I'm actually going to tomorrow. Um, I think I can take about $125 to that farmer's market and I can get everything I need from chicken thighs to eggs to my flowers, all my vegetables, my fruits, olive oil. There's someone out there that's cheese and bread. And, you know, that can hold me for, I don't know, maybe like two weeks. But again, there's also this thing where you kind of have to learn how to preserve things that come from yes. a local farm because it's different from buying things from the grocery store. So like a tomato from a farm stand might give you four to five days where a tomato from the grocery store might give you eight to 10. Right. So like people probably lean more towards the grocery store because of longevity, but you know. You I'm might just have girl. to go more often. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm really trying. Everything I buy, I'm very much trying to use every single thing I buy because I hate having everything go to waste. Yeah. And like what I've done recently is when my fruit and stuff are starting to go bad or my vegetables, I've started to blend it up or put it in a juicer. And if you don't have a juicer, you can just put, yeah, if you don't have a juicer, you can usually put anything you want in a blender and then you just have to like strain it out, but you have fresh juice. So it's like, you literally wait until you can't anymore, juice the items, and then you have juice. So you're kind of making sure you're really utilizing everything you're purchasing if that's like a fear of like, oh, it's going to go bad so quick. You know, just kind of pivot and find another way to use it. That is, yeah, that's really smart, actually. I saw recently, I'm sure this was on TikTok because that's where I get all my information at this point. But yeah, I was someone was using watermelon rinds. I think they blended it. I have to double check. But you would never think to use the rinds. No, I never think to use the rinds either. I always, I just always use like the meat of the fruit. I never use the rinds. That's hmm. yeah. There's definitely things you could do with it, but it's really tough. So you have to be kind of creative in the way you do it. But there's always ways to use every single thing in a fruit or vegetable. You just don't know it yet. (laughs) Yeah, like pulp. The pulp from an item is good for baking. Oh, true. So like if you're you're juicing like oranges, yeah, like oranges or lemons. Sometimes if you get the pulp from an apple, that all of that is good to use in baking. So that's a way to like not waste, again, some of the fruit or vegetable that you're using. Okay. And that segues into my final question for you, which is one that I ask all of my guests. If there is one baking, cooking, kitchen appliance, or utensil that you think everyone should splurge on, what would it be and why? Oof. One? We could do multiple. (laughs) (laughs) I would say if I had to absolutely pick one thing, I would get, I don't know the proper term for it is, but I'm going to say that they're cutting gloves. They're gloves that you can wear while you're cutting things. So you, it literally ensures that you never cut your finger. I would, I, and I guess to really categorize that or sum that up, anything around the grounds of safety. So like with your mandolin, making sure that has a safeguard, your cutting gloves, you know, making sure that you have rubber tips for all your knives, like anything that's safety and like safe driven or safety driven i think i would recommend because i feel like the majority of accidents happen in the kitchen or behind the grill and Mm -hmm. so those would be that would be like my number one i say number one category not item anything safe Mm -hmm. safety driven is going to be my number one for in the kitchen 
Yeah, that's a new one. I have not heard yeah. anyone think of that. Yeah, it's just like, it's so easy. And like, you know, even me going to culinary school, I can't tell you how many times I nick my finger every single time I'm cutting something or my nail or like I'm washing dishes even and I like touch the knife in the wrong way. So it's just like just thinking about all these little like safety gadgets and tools to avoid hurting yourself in the kitchen. Because mm -hmm. again, I think a lot of people don't cook because they're afraid of hurting themselves. It's a very scary yes. thing to cook if you don't know how to do it. That's true. Yeah, anything safety. Well, it all comes back to the nails. You got to preserve your food. Yeah, your you got to protect them. Everything comes back to the nails, okay? These are, I'm not giving these up for anybody. Like, if I have to go to the hospital one day and they're like, oh, we can't do a scan because you have nails, I, it's not happening. Like, what do you want me to do? Take my nails off? Listen, I, you paid for the manicure, you sat in the chair. <laughs> like, uh, it's not happening. Absolutely not happening. <laughs> All right, so you can follow Benita Aspen at Benita Aspen or check out her website, BenitaAspen.com, to keep up with her latest finds and projects. I'm so thankful. This was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for coming on. This is super fun. And I'm obsessed with your wall background. <laughs> oh, you know, it's, it's peel and stick wallpaper. It's a big, giant sticker. Hey fellow foodies, thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave me a review. And while you're at it, make sure to follow me at Living for Food Pod on Instagram or TikTok or email me at livingforfoodpod at gmail.com. Let me know what you're cooking up this week, which guests you would like to see on the podcast, or tell me your opinions on the latest viral food trends.